Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the safe arrival of Ethan Choi yesterday. As every birth is precious, we are very grateful for the baby Choi who was born in the middle of a pandemic. As his birth reminds us of your goodness and faithfulness to us, help us to keep our eyes on you and turn our ears to your words today. In the name of Jesus, who gives every child of God his eternal life, we all pray. Amen. Today we will read one of the most unique passages in the Bible. That's about the widow and how the New Testament church treated the widows with honor and care. So let's read 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 3 to 16. 1 Timothy chapter 5, 3 to 16. Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. The widow who, re- who is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and ask God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. Give the people these instructions so that no one may be open to blame. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than unbeliever. No widow may be put on the list of widows unless she is over 60, has been faithful to her husband, is well known for her good deeds, such as bringing up children, showing hospitality, washing the feet of the Lord's people, helping those in trouble, and devoting herself to all kinds of good deeds. As for younger widows, do not put them on such a list. For when their sensual desires overcome their dedication to Christ, they want to marry. Thus they bring judgment on themselves, because they have broken their first pledge. Besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also busybodies who talk nonsense, saying things they ought not to. So I counsel younger widows to marry to have children, to manage their homes and give the enemy no opportunity for slander. Some have, in fact, already turned away to follow Satan. If any woman who is a believer has widows in her care, she should continue to help them and not let the church be burdened with them so the church can help those widows who are really in need. After Paul gave a general description of the church as a family in verse 1 and 2, remember Paul said, uh, exhort the old man uh, like a father and the younger man as a brother and treat the older woman as mother and younger woman as sister. Paul's first specific instruction of the church was about widows, the most ashamed and vulnerable members of ancient society. 
Here we can see the least important people were very important to the New Testament church. I want to highlight the three biblical points about caring for the defenseless, poor, and needy in the church. First, the New Testament church did not just help widows or poor and needy financially and materially. They care for the widows with honor, with honor. The first thing Paul said in the verse 3 was to give proper recognition to those widows. The Greek word for the proper recognition was uh, simply one word, honor. The whole sentence is actually just three words, honor true widows, honor true widows. Paul was teaching here that don't just give widows financial assistance, but do it without shaming them but with the utmost sensitivity and the full recognition of their dignity as God's children. Here Paul was warning us about being careful and never condescending about helping the poor. Almsgiving, almsgiving must be done with the affections of humility and sensitivity. There is no room for any philanthropic snobbery or ethical arrogance toward the poor. I don't know whether you remember uh, my comment before, but Christians are not philanthropists in the typical sense of the word. You know, philanthropists are the worst human beings because they feel great about themselves through the misery of other human beings. We love poor. Christians, we love poor, not because we want to feel good about ourselves, but we love poor because they matter to God so much. Actually, in, according to biblical tradition, poor matters to God more than anybody. So we love poor because they are important, not because we want to feel self-importance through them. We should never forget God-given dignity of every human being, especially the poor and destitute like a widow. We should help them with honor and honorably. Why? The reason Paul is concerned about widows is directly related to his whole view of God and Jesus and church and the world. It grows immediately out of his most central theological concern. That is, a church is a renewed family of God, bonded in the blood of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. So family of God, the church, must reflect that fact to the world and the world and the world's you know, dysfunctional families. Second, Paul says that we should help not just any widows, but true, the real widows. In, repeatedly, Paul said in verse 3, 5, and 16, widows, widows who are really in need, widows who are really in need. In Greek text, it says, Simply true widows. Who is a true wid widow? Is there a false widow? <laughs> widow is a widow. Well, Paul is uh, talking about widow who didn't have any family support. True widow, by that Paul means one who has no one, especially no family, to help them out. But they have only God for their survival. So verse 5, Paul said, The widow who is really in need, 
and left her all alone. Left her all alone means nobody in family to help them out. Puts her hope in God and continues a night and day to pray and ask God for help. In Paul's time, a young widow returned to the father's house. An old widow was to be cared for by her son. Either way, women were always under tutelage of a man in the ancient world. Even Confucian, you know, context, you know, they said the uh, a woman is supposed to obey her father when she was young, and then obey her husband when she is adult, and then obey her son when she is old. Woman was constantly under man's authority in most of human history. Once again, Paul was emphasizing with a repetition that any Christian who does not care, take care of his own family is worse than non-believer. Verse 8, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially their own household, has denied the faith, is worse than unbeliever. Here we see repeatedly that church and family cannot be separated. Ministry and family go together. So don't ever sacrifice one for other. Both are important to God and agent of God's kingdom. Finally, Paul also revealed another unique practice of the early church regarding the role of widows in the church community. That is, widows were not just recipients of a financial assistance of the church, but they were also the active practitioners of a faithful mission of the church. That's the meaning of verse 9. No widow should be, no widow may be put on the list of widows unless she is over 60, has been faithful to her husband, and is well known for her good deeds, such as bringing up children, showing hospitality, and washing the feet of the Lord's people, helping those in trouble, and devoting herself to all kinds of good deeds. Here we can see the qualification of, quote-unquote, the official church widows, or widows in the list of the church were very similar to those of other church leadership, such as deacons and overseers and elders. It is a known fact that many godly woman leaders of the early church were widows who devoted their energy to the church. For instance, Mary, the mother of our Lord, was the very example of a spiritual woman leadership or a godly widowship. Did you know that Mary later came to reside in Ephesus with Jesus' beloved disciple John, and she died there? This is how early church rescued, respected, recruited the widows to find their calling and honor in God and his alternate family. The early church was not ashamed and afraid of using the least in the society for the leadership of the church. They empowered the insignificant people with the gospel and love of God. This is another way of how the early church became a sociological miracle that transformed their world. Let us not only preach the gospel with our lips, but practice the gospel together with the love affirming and empowering, especially 
the needy and scarred people in the midst of us. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for loving us so much and accepting us as your children regardless of our human qualifications. We confess that we are desperate, dependent on you, like widows in the New Testament. Because the world does not know that Jesus is our bridegroom and we are his bride. Help us to love one another as your family and open our eyes to see different widows in our midst with a sensitivity and move us to serve them with honor. Currently, our society belittles the poor and vilifies the foreign sojourners who came to our country vulnerably like many immigrants before. Help us not only serve them, but strengthen them with the hope and security of the gospel. Bless forests, Heavenly Father, to grow a safe, loving community of God for everyone, especially the poor and the needy. In the name of Jesus, who seeks and saves and strengthens everyone, we pray. Amen.